All right, let's talk a little bit. Summer soul care. God is good, and he is going to talk to us tonight. Hey, tonight we're just going to... Um, we're going to talk about a subject. We're just going to say, who am I? And that's what we're going to theme this tonight, who am I? And, and, and so let me jump in there because uh, we want to be conscious of your time. So who am I? Even though that you are a born again and you are made new spiritually, uh, your, soul, your soul can have bitterness in it. And it can have hurts in it, and it can have fears, and it can be faulty beliefs about who you are. And you can really get messed up on that. It's one of the reasons we do freedom in this church, because we found out people can get saved and still be, have so many faulty things from the world they came out of that they never really truly get to experience the goodness of Christ and what it is, uh, what he is in our life. And so, you know, we obviously, most of you have been through freedom, have experienced that. You haven't, make sure you go through that on our next life group season. But your soul can have these faulty beliefs and fears and all of these things, and your soul can, it can feel condemnation. It can feel uh, shame and uh, soul care. And, and what we're focusing on this summer, and again, it's been good for me personally to just focus on this for, for a season because soul care is dealing with issues of your heart and mind and receiving healing and victory and freedom through Christ. And so soul care is, is gaining insight in those things that you do, looking at those things that you do and why you do them, why you do them. And we, we have a word for that, or a word that has a conjunction with just says self-awareness. Everybody say self-awareness. Self-awareness. And through self-awareness, we kind of, you know, learn that, what's going on. And I've got a number of things that you either want to write down or take a picture of tonight on the screen. But self-awareness is a gateway to life change, and it doesn't guarantee it but you can't get there without it. And so when we start looking at our soul, and that's kind of what we're doing over these eight weeks of summer, we're just delving in and looking and trying to be self-aware so that we can have life change and our soul can be healthy. Again, it doesn't guarantee it, but self-awareness, you can't, you can't have life change without GPS and that and finding that. So, but you can't gain self-awareness by yourself. You can't. You, you, we have blind spots, we have other limitations in life, and you just, there are certain things that you, you're going to pick up by yourself, but you really need some help, and, and um, that's where I would say having a trusted friend, having a, uh, a spiritual leader or um, a pastor, a, uh, a counselor, uh, someone, a coach, someone that can help you can be very beneficial but I will say this, that people in themselves that you're going to go to and, you, and it's healthy for you to go to are equally going to have limited knowledge. They're humans. We're people. And so you're going to have limited knowledge. And so one of the first things you need to know is that God is very, very smart. <laughs> God is very smart and he knows stuff that we don't know, and guess what? He likes to tell us. 
He likes to share it with us. He likes to help us with our blind spots. And God wants to do that. And he reveals he's a God of what? A God of truth. And he loves to reveal truth. He loves to reveal truth about you to you. He loves it. And that's why we want personal relationship with Christ. Because he brings things into our life and shows us things about ourselves that we would never see on our own. And he not only, not only is he kind and gentle enough to show us, but then he's kind and gentle enough to help us with what he shows us. Psalms 139, King David declared that God knows everything about him, including what he would say even before his mouth was open to speak. David ends the psalm, and if I could have a key verse, this would be it tonight. David ends the psalm by giving us, by giving God an invitation. And this is, this is what he said, verse 23. He says, and, and why don't you read it with me, please? It says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Beautiful, beautiful text. Again, if I had a key verse tonight, uh, it would be that. Search me, O oh God. I, I want to, uh, let, let's take a, a, a metaphor of a house. And we all are very familiar with a house. And so I want to take a metaphor of a house and show you how the Holy Spirit uh, moves into a house and helps you with soul care. If, if you'll join with me. And, and if, if when we receive the Spirit, we're giving the Lord this invitation for His Spirit to come into our life. He comes into our life, and we often use the term full of the Spirit. And so if you can think of a house, and there are many different rooms in the house, if, if, if the Spirit goes into every room in that house, that would be a good terminology or a good metaphor for, for they are full of the Spirit. So it's not just, you know, it's not just the spirit in the, the living room or, the, uh, or, the, or the, the kitchen of the house, but it's if, if we are full of the spirit, we, we have the spirit, it, it takes over, it gets a control of the house and fills every room in the house. It's not isolated from one. I don't know, I think I can speak for you, and, and so I say this, kind of re, ask you this question kind of rhetorically, but how many of you want to be full of the Spirit? Come on now. I want to be full of the Spirit. How about you? I, I don't want him to have, uh, you know, I don't, want, I don't want to have 50% of my house full of the Spirit. I want to be full of the Spirit. And so, however, and this is what I'm getting at tonight, however, the rooms of our house are cluttered, and they have junk in them, and there's bulky furniture, and there's useless junk and garbage that is in the house, and before he can truly come in and fill up the room, there's got to be some house cleaning. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit wants to come in the house and clean it up. And get rid of the junk and get rid of the garbage and move out the old furniture and, 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 
And, and that's the beauty of being full of the Spirit because He wants to do that as He moves into the rooms of our heart. But self-awareness, listen to this, is our acknowledgement of the junk. Self-awareness is the acknowledgement of the garbage that we have and that, that are stored in those rooms that, that I, I can say, hey, I'm self-aware that there is something in this room that, is, that it has a stench about it that needs the cleaning of the Lord to come in and do a work there. And Lord, lead me to those things so I can repent and be cleansed of those things. And so give me that self-awareness that my soul might be healthy. And it's, a, it's, it's, it's not only a self-awareness that it's there, and this is important when I say this. It's not only a self-awareness that it's there. A lot, of, a lot of us have seen things that are there in the house. But it's also a self-awareness on how it got there. What, what, what moved that in the house in the first place? And that's why I'm saying you, you need the help of the Lord. And for soul transformation to occur, we must allow the Holy Spirit to to shine a light of truth. Shine a light of truth into those deep recesses of our soul to bring a light in those dark places. And, and, and so what, is, what does that look like? And I, I'm going to read you, I want to read a statement or a story or a testimony from a lady that uh, when I read this statement, I thought I've got, I've got to read this to the church because this really puts kind of legs to what I'm saying that as I, as I move into a soul care or God help me, let your spirit help me in some things and Lord make me aware of some things, I want to read you something that I read that was a lady's testimony on that. So I'm, and it was, it was God speaking to her soul and let's listen to this, it's, it's, it's really, really good. She said, I've had a lifelong struggle with body image and the desire to be physically attractive. My journal entries as a teenager were filled with self-rejection and questions to God about why he made me the way I am. Well into adulthood, I struggled to be content with my body and I did not hide my discontentment from God. One day, the Holy Spirit asked me, would having the body that you desire, the Holy Spirit asked, would having the body that you desire allow you to worship God better? Then the Spirit said, you want to be beautiful because you want to walk into a room and have everyone turn and look at you with admiration. You're willing to have men lust after you and fall into sin so that you could feel better about yourself. Then the Spirit says, you want to take God's throne in men's hearts when you want to be glorified by them. That's really strong. And so um, in that statement, when, when the Spirit came into her in that, and that's, that's nobody in this room's testimony. This is something I read today, and it jumped out at me because it kind of puts legs on us praying and saying, Lord, make me aware of something that I didn't see and the Spirit moving in, giving clarification of what's going on 
and that produces spiritual growth and produces life transfer, transformations. That makes any makes any sense there? It it, it, move, it gives because I know what's going on. I this lady could have lived her entire spiritual life seeking something that maybe that the Lord in a moment through His Spirit gave her clarification of what's going on in her heart. And I will tell you this, one of the job descriptions of the Holy Spirit is that this, it, 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 another term for it is the Spirit of truth will teach you all things. So as I, as I in this summer soul care, as your time of devotion and your quiet time with God, I'm going, God, what, what, is, what are those things? What are the, what's the junk? Help me be self-aware. And, and I want to know, who am I? Who, who am I? What, teach me. Let the Spirit teach me that I can have continued transformation. I don't need more rules for that. I don't need more uh, this or that. I need transformation as you make us aware of our blind spots. Somebody said amen. amen. So self-awareness by itself, though, is not enough. And I said that earlier, but it's not enough. Simply seeing it is not enough to bring real life change. We must surrender it. We must surrender it to God, and we, when, we, when we surrender it to God, then God begins to lead us into healthy souls. So I want to, there, there is a, a number of basic truths uh, and realities that guide maybe what we call soul care. There would be a number of areas that probably we could hit on. But for the next few minutes of my message on this Wednesday night and uh, the next 20 minutes or so, I, I want to zero in on one area that I want the Lord to shine a light on that room and, and try to help you with that and give you some relative practical things to maybe for you to write down and say, man, I can go home and, and begin to pray these prayers in my time of devotion. So one of those is, and this is the one I'm focused on, is knowing and holding on to your identity in Christ. Everybody say knowing and holding on to your identity in Christ. So I'm asking, Lord, who am I? We are, uh, we are in a generation, come on somebody, uh, people don't know who they are. We are in an identity crisis in our world. I know you know that, and I know you see that. It's, it's everywhere. It's always been that way. Humanity's always had this, but we are seeing it alive like never before. And what you believe about yourself is the very foundation of life. It's important. It is your identity, and a faulty foundation will create cracks in the soul. If you have a faulty identity, a faulty view of your own identity, it will create cracks in your soul. And, and so we're looking at that tonight, that if you're going to construct a healthy life, it begins in what you believe about about yourself. What do you believe about yourself? Who am I? Who am I? Who, who am I? Whatever you agree with, you give power to in your life. If you agree with the truth, then the truth will set you free. Amen? 
If you agree with lies, lies will enslave you. Who am I? So let's talk, let's, let's talk about the truths about your identity. Number one, and you know this, but you are God's beloved child. You're God's beloved. Say, I am God's beloved child. I want to read Psalms 139, start with verse 13. I want to read a little bit of text here. And it says this, for you created my inmost being, Psalmist David said. You knit me together in my, in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I, I have full confidence of that. Your eyes saw my unformed body all the days or all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake, I am still with you. God created you. You're his beloved child. He is crazy about you, and he's, and he's always with you. And that you need to know, and you know that, know that well. The issue of, of your value is settled, and it's been settled a long time ago. And it was settled even at the cross. God says you are worthy of the blood of Jesus Christ. He made you worthy. He made you worthy. I, I, wanted, I want you to read that. First Peter 1, 18 through 19 says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors. So that... that that empty way of life, that identity that's been handed down to you from one generation to the next generation, that's empty. Listen to this, verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. That, he purchased you. You know these things, but he purchased you, and you've got to understand that with that, your identity flows, flows from that. And so that's when we call it the good news of the gospel. And, and uh, sometimes in people, in dealing with uh, people in Christianity, I, I wonder sometimes, do you know what the gospel is? Do you know what the, do you really know? Because if you really know what the gospel is, some of this junk that we're wrestling with between our two ears starts fading away as we start understanding who I am in Christ. Amen. So do you, do you think, do you feel and act as a person that is confident in God's love? Or are you confident of that? If I ask you right now, do you really believe God loves you? Are you confident in that? And are you acting that out? Are you walking that out? When you look at yourself and your bank account and your job and your family and your health and the challenges of life, what do you say about yourself what, what does that come? What's that self-talk? What is that? What's going on there? What's that rehearsed lines that are coming in like a tape recorder in your life that are constantly being played over and over and over? What are the, your self-talk reveals what's really going on in your soul. 
Well, we don't like that, do we? <laughs> but, but, but that self-talk, those, those feelings of inadequacy or, uh, I mean, we could go through them, all those, all those feelings, that self-talk, and that really reveals to us what's really going on in our heart and in our soul. So all of us are, are living in this, in this world and we face lies about our identity. Everyone, there is not a person in this room that doesn't struggle or hasn't struggled at some point and face some form of a lie about your identity. And we are bombarded with lies and from society and culture and family and ourselves and Satan. And he is, he is infiltrating our mind and our soul with these feelings, and we struggle in that. We struggle in that. And this is where I want to get real practical for a few minutes, but there are, there are three big, big lies that come and drown out the truth because the truth will set you what? The truth is going to set you free. So we know that, but there are three lies that want to drown out truth. And there's three lies about your identity that want to drown out truth. So let's look at them and learn because I want our souls to be healthy. So three big lies and that, that really kind of suffocate or try to suffocate our worth in Christ. So look at them. Three big lies. If you're taking notes, here we go. Number one is the performance lie. It's the performance lie. Who am I? And we're talking about that tonight. The big lie, the performance lie. My value lies in my performance, what I do. I am valued, I am loved, and I am acceptable if I do certain things and I really do them well, then I have value. And so, but if I don't, on the opposite side of that, if I don't perform well, then I'm judged and I'm condemned and I am shamed and I am rejected and the fire goes off in my spirit as, oh, man, I messed up, and I start wrestling with my identity in that. And so, so we can see kind of some telltale signs of that play out in our life, and that is do you take on as, on as many tasks and roles as possible? You get so many tasks and roles going because the, you're, you, you bought into the performance lie on your identity, and you are working to make sure that is that 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 and, and any and, and when those those performance lies as we start buying into that uh, we start fixating on 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 one criticism in our life maybe where we've had ten compliments we kind of forget that and we fixate on one negative criticism in our life y'all. Are y'all with me tonight? Am I by myself on this? Am I the only one that ever had this situation? I, I'm not trying to throw you on the bus. I've been there at the number lie number one. In fact, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to just give you a little uh, shout out to you that most pastors have bought into this lie somewhere or another. Because we're on a stage once, twice, three times a week, maybe more. And this one here is very easy to buy from. I had, my pastor time one time told me, he, he said, he said, Nathan, preach well, you're only as good as your last message. And, and those kind of things coming at you through time and on through life, kind of you buy into the performance lie. 
I'm, I'm feeling that personally even as I'm speaking that. But that, that, that's, that's a performance lie. And, and, that, and, I, and so we fixate on things. And do you feel discouraged, even a little depressed after a bad performance or some criticism? Uh, just, just, boy, it just didn't go quite what we thought. And, and I've been there. I've been there. And, and boy, you feel those feelings of discouragement. And, and, you, and you know that your identity, your soul has bought into the performance lie. And, and if, you, if any of those things that I just said hit you and tapped you on the shoulder, you, you could be believing the performance lie. And so there, there isn't a, I'm not telling you you're going to hell. I'm just telling you that God wants to heal. He wants your soul to be healthy. If I live, and, and just in pastoring, with this lie, it will be like a blanket over me and that I lose the joy even in blessing. I have seen guys with churches of multiplied thousands of people so miserable because they bought in the performance lie that they're only as good as their last Sunday or their last uh, whatever. And I'm telling you, they're miserable. And I, 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 I had to, at seasons in my life, and I hope you don't mind me being this honest, but get a grip on this because I wanted to enjoy the work for the king. Amen? And I wanted that to, to, to ooze out of me, but it can't ooze out of me if I live under that lie. I'll tell you what to do. It'll drive you to drinking. It'll drive you to crazy. And, and some, of, some of us in this room, don't leave me up here by myself, you've been there and it's driving you to, to drinking. And it's driving you to doing things that you never dreamed you would do to try to help bring performance and get that up there to a point that you feel worth. Am I, you don't have to even say amen. I know I'm hitting on it. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm casting down that lie in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on now. I, I said I'm casting that lie down in the name of Jesus Christ. I am putting that under the blood of Jesus. Come on, somebody, help me. I'm putting that under the blood of Jesus. Somebody said in Jesus' name. Some of you have been living with that trash for years and you didn't know it till I just preached it because it was a self-awareness light that went off in your soul. And that's a healthy thing. That's why you should have been in this house tonight and you are and God helped you. Now, I got two more lies for all of you that didn't get touched by that one. And the next lie is the people-pleasing lie. Oh, God. I hear some O's and O's and... My value depends on what other people think of me. If I serve, if I help, and I care for others, if I maintain harmony and keep people happy, then they will love me. And so let's, let's, let's ask some questions to maybe pinpoint if this lie is suffocating your identity. You ready? Do you obsess about how others will react to your words or actions? Do you obsess about it? Are you self-conscious and focused on your image? 
Do you feel anxious when someone is upset with you? Do you feel resentful and taken advantage of all the time? You could be believing the people-pleasing lie, and it's causing you to live through that filter that, that's really not real. It's really not what God wants for you and the way he wants you to live and the happiness and the joy and the freedom and of a healthy soul. And again, there's probably really no one in the room that hasn't been affected by this lie. And my hand's up. Because these are lies that try to affect our identity. And they come at us from the enemy and, and we, we've got to win. The third lie, the third lie is the... This one's, this one's a little bit different than the other ones. The other two, it's the control lie. My value depends on my control of people or outcomes. If, if I can produce desired results and control the outcome, I am valuable. And so if I can get people to do what I want, then I'm secure. It's a, it's a control lie. And that affects your identity, and your identity is kind of wrapped up in that. And so let me ask you some questions to see if this uh, shines a light of, of, of awareness in your life. Do you get frustrated when things just don't go as planned? Do you try to get people to do things your way and run over them if they don't? <laughs> I mean, just like, boom. I've often, uh, I've often had people, I've often... And pastoring had to go, man, those people serve really well. You just got to be really careful with them because they leave bodies behind them. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm really trying to say in a real nice glorified way is they are living in the control lie. They're serving. They're doing the work of God, but they are, they, they are everything. Do you feel anxious and out of control when things are chaotic? I mean, just... You could be believing the control lie and, and because when things are a little out of control, then, then all of those identity issues pop up in your life and you start think, thinking instantly less than what God called you to be. Less than in the forgiven state and the freedom state that you have been in. And I'm just telling you again, that's not of God. And he doesn't want that. So what do you do if the foundation of your soul is really kind of built on lie, a lie or, or lies. You, you have to identify the lies. That's kind of what we're talking about. Expose them. Expose them to what? You have to expose them to the truth. You have to expose them to the light and replace them with truth so that, that the power over that lie is broken. And the only way that power, you can't go, well, I'm just going, I'm just, I'm going to keep, I'm going to just, I'm going to fix this, I'm going to say it different, I'm going to say it different. I'm gonna, no, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to somehow put a light of truth on that. And when that light of truth comes in, it breaks, it, there's a breaking in it. There, the lie is broken. And uh, I, I think that is the beautiful thing about the word of God. The word of God is a what? A light. It's a light to our path. It's a light to our feet. It's a living word. It's that light that when I take, because the word of God is what? It's true. It's true. There's truth in it. 
So when I begin to shine the light of truth in this situation, then all of a sudden, or in my life, then all of a sudden, the lies begin to be broken. Again, I, I keep referring back to this, and I do a lot because I so believe in it. But freedom, uh, Judy, Judy Lewis said it as good. Uh, I saw her somewhere. Judy Lewis, she probably don't even remember this, but a few years ago she said, Pastor, freedom, the 12 weeks of freedom were basically the ultimate Bible study. It was the ultimate Bible, and I, and I agree with it. It's, and, and I'll tell you why. It takes categories of, of things and, and just shines light, boom, 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 through the Word of God. And when you see that, it, is, it, is, it shows that and exposes that through the light of the Word of God, and it brings healing, and it begins to break it because it is a sword. It's a sword. The Bible is not only a light, but it's a sword that, that destroys those things that are bringing unhealthy issues that flow out of our soul. So you have to identify the lies, expose them to the light, and replace them with truth so their power is broken. So there are some stages to deal with your identity issues. And this is where I want to give you some more just real practical things real quick. And, and I, I've, got, I've got to hurry, so... Uh, I, we try to be real conscious of your time where we know you, you work during the week and we want to be conscious of that. Number one, some stages, some stages. Uh, idea, um, excuse me, ID the lie and its manifestation. So when I'm standing on that shaky foundation of my identity, which one of the three big lies is coming at me? Is it performance? Is it people pleasing? Is it control? Because... It in, which one is impacting my life the most or impacting me at all out of those three? I want to I ID the lie and its manifestation. I want to see what do I mean by manifestation? What are you thinking? What are you feeling uh, when you are standing on this faulty foundation of the lie? What, what's those feelings that are flowing out of you? And, and, and third under that, how is it, how's it causing you to behave? How is it causing you to react? And so number two, is to hold on to the truth. Hold on to the truth. It's, it's not enough to just know the truth. And now we said that earlier, but I want to hold on. John 8, 31 through 32, said, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the what? The truth. And the what? Truth will set you free. Hold on to the truth. This is, if, if there is a lie, then there is the truth. And so I want to hold on the truth that every time the lie hits me, I run to the truth. And, and so what does God believe about me? What, what, is, what is truth about this situation? And um, every time I'm, I'm about to act in a way that is or consistent with, consistent with a, this lie that I'm starting to believe and in seeping into the inner workings of my of the man, and, 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 and it is at that moment that I run, I have to run to truth, and I have to act on, act on it. N number three is act in courage. Act, action, move on it, act in courage. How would a deeply loved person act right now? In this marriage right now, how would a deeply loved person react in this marriage? How would a deeply loved person react on the job? How would a deeply loved person react in this church situation or conflict and 
with a brother or sister in Christ. What, no, it don't matter. Whatever it might be. How would, I, how would a person who knows that they're deeply loved react right now and act in that courage? That you are God's beloved child and the, the, the issue of your value has been settled on the cross and I want to act that out and I want to I move in that. I want to operate in that and I want to I I I live and be a person that walks in the freedom of Christ because I know who I am and <laughs> the reason I know who I am is because I know who he is. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me tonight? I'm not through. I've got something really good for you, but I want you to, I want to walk this out with you in closing. I want you to do something and try something. We gave you, uh, you, you most everyone probably has a devotion and uh, I'd like for you to, we're going to give you something to take a picture of on the screen and or write down whatever you want to do. And I want you to do this, uh, I want you to do this with me this week, okay? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably give you a little bit more that's on the, than on the screen, but why don't you go ahead and take a picture of that? Would you do that? I want you to do this while you're doing your devotion. And, and during your devotion, um, you'll find that during that devotion, every once in a while, it'll say, just be quiet for about two minutes. And just think and pray. Man, that's, you think, two minutes, that's not very long. Well, that's better than we're doing now, right? <laughs> and so we're just getting quiet for a few minutes. If you want to sit there 30 minutes, that's wonderful. But just two minutes. So, so, for, so I want you to, and, and again, your, 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 your devotion is going to help you with this, but I want to give you a little extra in this world of, of, of who am I and my identity. So I want you to try this this week. I want you to try this before a Sunday. I want you to sit still for about, about two, two, two minutes at least and close your eyes. Just close out the world. Just close your eyes and say quietly or in your head. I guess if it's quietly, it's in your head. The scripture we started off with tonight. Just say, search me, O God, and know my heart. And then just be quiet. And every once in a while, just say it again. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. And just get quiet. And wait for God to speak. And let me tell you some of the things that might happen. What does that look like, Pastor? You might get a, you might get a sensation there. You might get a, an emotion. You might have a deep sense of knowing or revelation come over you that God tells you what he found there. You might hear an inaudible voice speak into your heart, a still small voice. And you're hearing God speak to you. And oh, how powerful. And oh, how life-changing. When you personally hear and you know that you have been visited by the presence of God. I started to do that right here in this service with you, but I'm trusting that you'll do it when you go home or over the next few days before Sunday. And just let's go through it again. You ready? Just sit still. Sit still. Get in a quiet place. Close your eyes. 
and say, just begin to pray, search me, O God, and know my heart. And wait for God to speak. And then we gave you some even some cheat sheets on how he may do that. You might get a sensation or emotion or you might get a, a, a sense of knowing or revelation or you, uh, some, you might hear an, inaud- an audible voice. Or, but you know that God visits you. And, and you know what? You might not hear anything. You might not feel anything. You might not go, ooh, I missed it on that one. And what's the first thing the devil tells you? You different than everybody else. And we're back to the identity thing, right? Fooey on that. Coach yourself into hearing from God. And you, maybe you didn't hear from him the first time or the 30th time, but for goodness sakes, don't walk away from that struggling in your identity. Know who you are in Christ and let him begin to start speaking into you because if that opens up, it will truly be life-changing in your life. Can you give the Lord a shout of praise? And so I'm going to pray it over you. I want to pray it over you. I, I don't want any music. just want it to be quiet. Just bow your head, and I want you to say it. This is for you and you only. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Restoration to my soul. Healing to my soul. God, I I come against in the power of the name of Jesus Christ, not in my own name, but in the authority of the Creator, the risen one. I come in with all power and authority against every lie that's wiggled itself out of hell. You said we have the power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Lord, I believe that means any lie that wiggles itself out of hell into my spirit. We have the power through the name of Jesus to cast that lie to the pit from which it come. Even if it's a generational lie, God, bring healing to our soul and healing to our spirit that we might have freedom and life in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And the church say amen. amen. Everybody go. <laughs> now would you just give the Lord a good old praise, huh? He's in this house. Amen. Amen. Did you receive that word tonight? I know you did. I know you did. Thank you for being an amazing people, amazing people. We get to do life with them. We try to let you out by eight. I went into overtime, but so did the, some, some of the last football games so or basketball games or whatever it is. But God bless you. Lord bless you. Lord bless you. Find you someone. Give them a high five and aloha them and have a blessed, blessed, blessed day.